0: This morning, um, I talked to those that were here this morning about an abundant life, that the life that Jesus has made possible for us isn't just a a get-by life. It isn't the, the bare minimum sort of life. It's not the Ford Cortina sort of life, if you want to go back that far. It's more like a Lamborghini sort of life. It's 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 a, an abundant life. It's it's a more than enough life. And and I think probably one of the the saddest one of the saddest things that perhaps we've had a pretty well a well resourced enemy who has realised that he can't he can't stop the church and he can't stop what Jesus has done, and he knows that he's on the losing side of things. But what does he work at is he tries to steal joy. He tries to rob that out. He tries to, to, to institutionalize something that was meant to be a relationship. And I think really the way forward for... The Church in these days, if you like, and what we're called to do is the fact that we've got to, I think we've got to relationalize what has been institutionalized. And tonight i want to I want to talk a little bit more about that, but I'm going to share a story that some of you have heard before. Um, if you have, just humor me. Um, if you haven't, well, that's cool. If you're going to stay here, mate, you need to just sit down there. When I was a kid, a fair bit older than Kyle, um, next our, our next-door neighbor, the, the boy that lived next door, and he was, he was just a bit older than us, so we sort of looked up to him to bit a bit, and there was a garden shed down the back of their, their yard and there was all sorts of stuff in that shed and, but one of the things that was there was this, this big blue wooden box and I'm assuming at one stage it was some sort of toolbox or something like that but to put you in the picture for all intents and purposes it just looked like a coffin that was about the size of it and so what we would do is hang on we'll just we'll sort this out Slippery. Right. So what we would do is uh, is we would go and, and lay in the box and shut the lid. And it was sort of a, you know, amongst boys a bit of a competition to see how long you could stay in there. And um, for some reason, I don't know, the guy next door, whether he some sort of twisted, sort of warped... Um, If anybody wants to volunteer for kids' church for Sunday nights, we would love to hear from you. And just um, just encourage and pray for our, our parents. It's what I, I think. It's fantastic that our our, our families want to be here at this night service. But if you've got little kids, it's a, it's a pretty hard time for them to function. And our, our two boys actually love coming, um, but once they get here, it's. Um, bit hard so we we just we want to we want to just encourage that pray into that we need people to be part of a of a kids program for for sunday nights so um anyway we 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 jump in this um we jump in this box and all the other guys would would sort of do it but i i was a bit claustrophobic and i hated it and and there there was all this peer pressure to sort of to be in the box and do it so eventually, eventually I, I remember getting in the box and I sort of knew what they were going to do. You know, I knew that my brothers and, and the, I knew that they would sit on it or, or put stuff on it to, to keep me in it longer so I couldn't get out. And I, and I remember that claustrophobic feeling of being in, in the box and, and it was completely pitch black dark and being locked in and not being able to get out. And, and I guess I was probably only in there. Probably seconds rather than minutes, but 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 I remember that feeling of being absolutely contained, of not being able to get out, of not being able to to, to go where I, where I wanted to go, and it was a it's an incredible feeling, and it, it'll never I'll never forget that feeling. I rem- never remember forget the feeling of fear that restricted. And that feeling was really clear in my mind. People don't want to live confined, closed, restricted lives, do they? And even though I made a choice to get in that box... The feeling is really strong with me to this day. I can still still feel it. And it was only kids having a bit of fun and doing what they're doing. But I, I remember, I remember that feeling so, so clearly of, of being contained or feeling like everything had closed in around me. And sometimes in life, our past, our circumstances, um, influences and relationships can become walls and, and they can become lids like that box that contain us. We can feel confined. Who's who's felt confined by their economic circumstances? Yeah, all of us have had that at times, I'm sure. Who's felt confined by, by relationships? Perhaps, you know, that there are things in your world uh, that, that are not, you know, difficult relationships, and you can feel confined by those things. Um, who's felt confined by by their physical health. You know, people that might be going through stuff where you feel like, well, I'd like to be doing stuff, but my, my physical health seems to be containing me. Um, who's felt confined perhaps by their mental health? You know, you, you want to do stuff, but you just feel like, I don't quite have the capacity and I know I'm not where I want to be, but, but, but I feel contained by that. Or, or we can feel contained by addictions or we can feel contained by lack of self-belief. There are all these things that can make a person feel contained. And circumstances want to contain us. And we find ourselves so often saying things like, well, that's just the way it is. There's uh, nothing I can do about that. It's just life. Have you ever said that sort of thing? And, you know, at times that's sort of a little bit true. But what I want to talk about tonight is that that's Not the life that Jesus had for you. The life that He's got for you is never to have you in a place where you feel like, hey, there's nothing I can do. Whatever will be, will be. It's just how it is. He did not create you to be contained. Did not create you to sort of like me lying in that box and with that you know the the lid of it probably inches in front of your nose and the and, and the sides around you feeling like there's nowhere you can go and I'm using a a fairly graphic description of something that none of us really like and, and if you talk to people that that fear perhaps of of going through something like that is is pretty big in most of our minds but the issue is in our life we can find ourselves feeling like elements of our life are like that. And I I think the opposite is what Jesus wants for us. And when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and and I love the way the Message Bible describes it, he says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open space. So just picture the difference. I've just shared a story about being contained and being locked in a box like a coffin. And Paul's writing to Corinthians and he's saying, dear, dear Corinthians, I just can't express to you enough how I want your life to be big and wide and open and spacious. And then he says, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small. You're living them in a small way. Then he says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. A little bit of background of this is the Corinthian Christians were basically feeling like victims in this scenario. They were claiming to be restricted and hurt by Paul himself and they were saying things like well Paul we'd sort of love to get on with this but you know you've 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 caused us a lot of pain and we're hurt and we we can't really move on we can't just get over it and I'll cover a little bit more of that in a sec but I think if we're unable to deal with some levels of correction and hold on to hurts and we claim victim status, well, we live a restricted, closed-in life. As a kid, I chose to place myself in that box and in doing so, I allowed myself to be subject to its confinement and limitations. The empowerment came to me when I actually decided that, I like being in that box less than enduring the peer pressure to get in. So it was when I said, I'm actually not doing that. I don't care what you say, but I am not getting in that box. All of a sudden, the power of that box left me. And so often in life, there are decisions that you can make where it's only needing to say, you know what? I am not going to let the power of this thing contain me because that's not the life I've been called to live. I have not been called to be confined. I suspect you don't want to live a contained life, so let's decide that we're not going to tolerate a closed, restricted life. Let's get a passion and a desire for an open and expansive life. Decide to live what Paul says is a spacious life. And 2 Corinthians is perhaps one of the most emotional, heartfelt Letters that Paul writes. And he was writing this. You think, oh yeah, does that relate to us today? Absolutely. Corinth was the sex capital of the world at the time. It was this sort of in this area where people, you know, came from all over the the, the known world for holidays, and it was a bit of a, a resort sort of place. And, and they had this this temple in Corinth um, to the god Epaphrodite. And, and apparently in that temple there were 10,000 prostitutes um, attached to that temple. So, so the, the worship was a very attractive worship to people that were wanting to live the party lifestyle because part of your worship was you just go to the temple and, and find a temple prostitute, you know, party on. That was the sort of atmosphere that was going on in, in this town. And within this context, Paul had arrived there on one of his missionary journeys, he turns up, didn't particularly know anybody and didn't really have any money, so he started to work. He started to make tents. He was a tent maker. That's where we get that term from. You've probably heard around churches sometimes. And he started a business making tents. And he met, he met two other tent makers, and their, their names were Priscilla and Aquila. And they worked with him together. They worked together making tents. And Priscilla and Aquila were were followers of Jesus, and they also worked together planning a church. And and they planted a vibrant, significant, large, spirit-filled, city-changing church. And and this church was turning that city upside down. It it was on. It was was changing the atmosphere um, of, of Corinth. And Paul had taught them about loving and accepting each other and in his first letter he teaches them how their lives are completely transformed through relationship with Jesus and like his, his heart is that they would live open and expansively. The problem is Paul was called off to plant churches in other places and, and other people sort of came to, to, to that church. You see when when something's going on everybody wants to be part of it so everybody who wanted to make a name for themselves turned up at Corinth and and they wanted a preaching gig and 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 they started saying things like well you know you guys have done pretty well to this point but you need to you need to add a little bit to this Christian stuff um you know you guys got some bad news for you you need to be circumcised and and you know you, you you need to start following these customs, you need to stop eating this sort of food and you you need to, 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 to stop working on Sundays and you need to do all these things that was really different to their culture. And suddenly the freedom that they had started to close in. This church that was full of life and acceptance and vitality, all of a sudden the joy went out of it. And and apparently, Paul writes them a letter which sort of sits between 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And I think Paul was really ticked. And I think there was a bit more of Paul in it than perhaps his other letters. And it's not recorded in the scripture for good reason, I think. But it was a pretty sharp, caustic letter where he takes this on. And these guys were claiming that they were pretty hurt by what Paul had said to them. But basically what he was saying was, hey, I I didn't call you to be religious. I called you to be free. I called you to live a wide open, spacious life. And this church that was inviting new people around for lunch, that was bringing new people to, to their open and expansive life started to shrink back and it almost shuts up shop. This church that was all about the unsaved becomes inward focused, became about rules and regulations and it became um, focusing on things that weren't particularly important. This church that was wealthy and seemed to have everything could do nothing to influence the city of Corinth. Instead of feeling free, instead of feeling like they're running into space, they feel like they are restricted. They feel like they're in a dark, closed, confined space. Like I said, we don't read that letter in the middle, but what we do have is 2 Corinthians, which paints this amazing picture of what it means to be ministers of the gospel so for you guys that got baptized tonight if you start to read second corinthians it paints a picture of what you've been called into and it says this in second corinthians 3 verse 6 it says he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant that means it's not old religion it's relationship with jesus this is a covenant not written not of written laws, but of the spirit. You see, Jesus deliberately did not come with a list of "Do this and don't do that." And actually, who, who, likes, who likes people to give them straight answers to questions? Most of us do, don't we? Have you noticed have you noticed this? that when Jesus was asked questions, he gave very few straight answers. And mostly answered a question with a question. And probably it almost feels like there was a bit of ambiguity about the way that he addressed those things. Because he did not come to give another law. He actually came to have relationship and he came to give people freedom and then set them free from those things that restrict. Have you ever found yourself feeling like your walk or your journey with God is about rules and regulations and don't do this stop doing that anyone been there well I'm here tonight to tell you that those things are are lies that's not what Jesus called you to do I'm not here to tell you that there are things that you might be doing that are okay when they're not It's not saying that at all, but I'm saying Jesus didn't call you to rules and laws and regulations. He called you to obedience, and he called you to relationship with himself. So, what's a spacious life look like? What's an abundant life look like? I talked about... Uh, about how we can live that this morning. What's it look like? Well, well, what was Paul talking about here? I think the first thing is the spacious life is not a religious life. The spacious life is spiritual. And and I I don't mind how you you walk this journey. Sometimes people say about us Pentecostal churches. Oh, you know, it's a bit full on. It's a bit spiritual. It's a it's a bit that or or, or, or that sort of thing or. or 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 other times people say, you know, well, I'm more the the pragmatic type. It it doesn't particularly matter how you work your faith out, but your faith is spiritual. The the thing that actually causes you to be able to have relationship with Jesus Christ, regardless of of what sort of culture you're in or what style of church you're part of, is the fact that your spirit has been made new, and you have this spirit-to-spirit connection with the Holy Spirit that connects you with God. You see, when... When those guys jumped in that water tonight, what they were signifying was that their spirit, when they said, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I am sorry for my part in humanity's rebellion against you. I'm sorry for my rubbish. I'm actually choosing to leave that behind. When they actually did that and said, from this day forward, I want to follow you, When you mean that with all your heart, your spirit is completely transformed. Not just partly. You see, discipleship is a journey where where it takes most of the rest of our life to become more like Jesus. That's our thinking. That's our mind. That's our soul. But we're actually told, and Paul writes about this so strongly, he says, your spirit is new. It is completely transformed. So, so how do we start to live a spacious life? Well, we don't actually have to get rules and regulations and laws to, to actually get our, get, get our soul right. We've actually got to allow our spirit to lead our soul. The spacious life is a spiritual life. This, a, another version says of the, the text I just read, it says, for the letter kills. In other words, it's talking about the law. It, 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 law actually convicts. When, when, when you go and break the law, and many of you know I've had a, as when I was younger, had a very colourful driving past and, and fell foul of the, of the law lots and lots of times. And when you break the law and you're caught breaking the law, as seemed to always happen to me, you are convicted. And what's that do? That actually takes something from you. For my case, my money and my license. You see, the law is about conviction, it is about taking. Now, what's the purpose of the law in the Bible? It is actually to show you how much you need God. It's to show you the fact that you're not going to be able to get it right just by trying to be good. And if you want to get the magnitude of that, you just start reading Leviticus. And start to try and live that life. And you will say, there is no way I can do that. There's no way I can live up to, to, to a standard just by doing an upright. So I can't do it. So what do you got to do? You've got to come to Jesus and say, I surrender. I can't do that. I know that I can't live up to your standards. I want a spiritual life. I want relationship with you. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Abundant life is not an old grim determination, clenching your fists and I'm going to get this right, I'm going to get through, I'm going to try and do all the right things. No, Christianity is a spacious life. It is that abundant living where through relationship with Him, you are actually set free from those things that would hold you down. When I was at school, it was a little bit like my driving, I I got in a lot of trouble. And When that escalated to a certain point, teachers would contact my parents and that meant it escalated to another point. And then I would sometimes go to school and think, today David is going to be a good boy. And because you've already got a bit of atmosphere going on with teachers and so forth, self-inflicted, When I was trying to do that, I remember one day I was riding my bike to school and thinking about how it was going to be so good. And I walked into my classroom and within moments, I was out of the classroom and up to the principal's office. You see, it wouldn't matter how hard I tried, something actually needed to change in my attitude and my thinking that would actually change my actions. And it is actually, if we're just trying to be good, we're never going to get it right. If you're trying to, to give up the stuff and all that, it, it's, it's actually your spirit that's been transformed that is actually able to lead your thinking and it is the weight that is taken off. You see, when you're trying to be good, you're focusing on the, on the thing you're trying not to do. Paul writes again about that. But you know what? The abundant life is where that guilt is left off and it's like, hey, you got a free reign. Just walk with me. And, and you might actually find that you don't want to do those things anymore. I remember years ago hearing a, a I was a kid and it was just stuck in my mind. And anybody who's been addicted to all sorts of things will tell you that the old nicotine is probably one of the hardest things to shake. I've got I've got a pastor friend who used to take all sorts of things into his body, but he still tells me that and I won't tell you his name, it's Matt Sharples. But he told me for years that he would mow the lawn because <laughs> he always used to mow the lawn, sit down and have a smoke and admire his work. And he said, the hardest time, all these years later, he's a, he's a pastor, he's preaching in his church, he's a great guy. But, but he said, I would mow the lawn and I just so wanted a smoke. These things are powerful. But remember as a kid, hearing somebody just tell the story, they said, one day, I got saved. God didn't tell me to give up smoking, didn't tell me to give up much at all. I just got saved. And he said he was walking down the road, just having a smoke. And By the way, I'm not saying smoking's bad. I'm just saying it's something that... Most people who do it think, I'd rather not have that in my world. And it was like, he said, all of a sudden, God just took the desire away. I never let another spoke again. What was the story? There there was something spiritual actually happened that transformed in his body. And rather than trying to focus on, I've got to give it up, I've got to stop, I've got to stop. Why not focus on Jesus and understand how loved you are? how amazing he thinks you are and how he's lifted this pressure off you to perform and conform and start to live your life in love with him and you'll be amazed at what disappears from your life the second thing is and I'm going to finish with this the band can join me please how can we define the spacious or abundant life I, I think number two it's a generous life Isaiah 32 8 says, but a generous man devises generous things and by his generosity he or she will stand. I think having a, a generous spirit enables us to, to live spaciously and openly. Generous or spacious living isn't about having lots of money. A generous person is thinking about how they can be generous, how they can include people in their world, how they can how can they can just make their life large enough to include somebody else my mum and dad are here tonight and we as kids grew up with pretty much everything we needed but we weren't weren't exceptionally wealthy or anything like that but we grew up in a generous house because it didn't matter who we invited home mum would always feed them it didn't matter what time of day we invited people, they were always welcome. It didn't matter how many people came, they would still feed them. Why could she do that? Well, she had a generous spirit. What was the generous spirit? Well, the generous spirit was, well I'll, when I go shopping, I'll make sure there's enough in my cupboard that I can include people. A generous spirit is, I'm actually not going to live my life so close to the margin that there's not room to bring somebody else into it. I'm actually not going to, perhaps a generous life is, I'm not going to commit myself so heavily financially that, that I can't include anybody else in my world. Or I'm not going to structure my life in such a way that it is, so regimented that there is not room for anybody else you see you can fill it up with amazing things and ideas and even godly vision to a point where we have no space and we can't include people in our world the young people here tonight you pretty lucky you feel like you're busy but you've probably got more time than ever you'll have in your life I want to encourage you. Get a pattern in your world right now that is spacious. You can fill your life up with your staff needing the latest things. There's nothing wrong with that imbalance. But why not structure your life where there is room for people? Because, you know, we cannot influence somebody for Jesus we can't fit them in our world. As a church, we can't influence this city, we can't fit this city in our world. Spacious life is a generous life. I've got more points, but that'll do for tonight.